Welcome to the ETF Working Lunch Podcast, an ETF podcast in partnership with women in ETFs. We sit down with some of the smartest women in the ETF business and talk about the trends of the day. I'm your co-host, Cynthia Murphy, and I'm joined by my colleague, Lara Krieger. Hello. Today we are talking about semi-transparent active ETFs. If you are in the ETF business, I'm sure you've heard about them. That's all anybody talks about these days. <laughs> I'm delighted to be joined today by Christine Delano. She's a strategy and business development consultant for the ETF industry. Formerly, she worked at NextShare Solutions and helped develop marketplace strategy for their line of exchange-traded managed funds. She's also on the board of Women in ETFs, our partner in this podcast. Cleo Chang is the head of investment solutions at American Century Investments, which has recently licensed the preceding active share semi-transparent active ETF model. So we're waiting for them to launch. <laughs> so let's start with you, Christine, since you helped pioneer this space in a way. You were involved with next shares um, and bring them to market. Uh, they were the first of their kind in in the in the space, um, but it's been kind of like a tough road. They mm. were received with mixed success. Right. So tell us about how that went and why that has been the case. Sure. So we felt really strongly about the opportunity to um, launch a exchange traded managed fund. Um, we believe strongly in active management and felt that there was a huge opportunity to really rid the active management um, structure from costs and tax um, concerns. And so um, the ability to put an active manager into an exchange traded structure was really exciting for end investors. Um, so we launched NextShares with um, you know, dozens of um, great um, funds and um, it's been a slow uptake of that structure. It requires broker-dealers to make changes to their platforms, and having spent <laughs> a great deal of time on the broker-dealer side, um, I understood that. So we worked with UBS and other broker-dealers to do that, um, and it's been slow. So in the meantime, we're hoping that a structure um, will emerge that will enable us to provide active management in a um, cost-effective wrapper to investors. Well, this in that way, this next generation that's coming out, like mm. the Presidium models, other models, there's there's a lot of them out there. How are they, this evolution that we've been waiting for, what do they deliver that we should expect? Mm. Well, Cleo, I don't know if you want to jump in on the Presidium model, and then we can maybe talk about sort of all seven that are out there. Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, American Century is extremely excited uh, to have licensed the Presidium Active Share model. Uh, one, we believe this is one of the first opportunities for an active management firm like American Century to really bring on our investment insights, uh, either through fundamental research or quantitative research, um, those type of active management into the ETF wrapper. Uh, we think that there are structural benefits the ETF wrapper offers that is different from the mutual fund wrapper. And we believe this could offer our investors, our clients, a different way to access our insights and therefore our alpha uh, in a way that hasn't been available before. So we're extremely excited. So I have a question, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and this is probably a question you get all the time, right? Is why can't you do this in a fully transparent mm -hmm. model? Like why, why can't, um, you know, because PIMCO and ARC and some of the other active managers have fully transparent ETFs. So why why go for an, a semi-transparent model for your, that's your investments? A, that's a great question. 
I think there are different types of actively managed strategies. Ones that are more top-down driven, right? You're not so focused on generating alpha from your individual security selection. Those you tend to be less concerned about disclosing what you're holding in your portfolio, especially when you're disclosing it on a daily basis, right? There's always the risk of being front-run um, if you really focus generating alpha from individual security selection. So I agree, some strategies, like I, like I said, some that are more top-down driven, those are more systematic in nature, are less concerned about disclosing individual securities mm -hmm. than those actively uh, managed strategies that really try to generate the bulk of your alpha through individual security selection and the timing of those trades. And American Century for 62 years largely built our reputation on being able to generate alpha through security selection. Mm -hmm. That's why semi-transparent is such a valuable and important structure that American Centric is really excited. And you know the the output of all that is a better investment experience, right? Sure. So the liability of putting something into a fully um, transparent structure when you're looking to generate alpha, and she mentioned the front-running concerns and a few other concerns, actually translates to an investor experience that could be a loss of performance. And mm -hmm. so, um, so this is you know a really good opportunity. Cleo mentioned the Presidian um, application and, and opportunity in the marketplace. Um, there's actually uh, four others that have um, currently been approved by the SEC. They're all the proxy portfolio. Yes, yeah, so the proxy portfolio version, some of them that actually um, use interesting ways of using the proxy portfolio, some of them um, which track a proxy um, very closely to the real portfolio and then assume um, an arbitrage with, um, with the fund. Um, and then there are two others that are out there as well, both of them with also proxy type portfolios, one a little bit different than Eaton Vance is looking at, which is the Clear Hedge model, which actually does a total return swap during the day, which um, de-risks a proxy portfolio to the actual portfolio. So, um, so there's real differences for fund managers to take a look at and fund boards to take a look at. Um, I know having gone through this with NextShares, um, there's a lot with fund boards that they need to research each, you know, each aspect of what it's gonna look like, whether they're gonna clone their existing funds, whether they're gonna find new money, all of these concerns. Well, now they're gonna have, you know, upwards of seven different choices that they can make. And so that's a, you know, it, it's a big deal to sort of educate a um, industry on, you know, what they look like and what they look like you know, in times of, you know, you saw volatility yesterday in emerging markets. None of the, um, you know, funds today can hold non-U.S. securities. But, you know, if we saw some like that kind of volatility in the U.S. market, it would be interesting to see what pricing happens with um, these types of wrappers. So from, from an investor perspective to start that education, like especially in the case, for example, of ACI, uh, are you bringing your current, you know, alpha gathering mm -hmm. strategies into this wrapper? Are you going to create completely new portfolios for it? Is there going to be like a version of the share class of your existing strategies or something completely new? That's a great question. And I think that the key word here is this is so new for everybody. So uh, we are trying different approaches um, mm -hmm. to try to enter this space because at the end of the day, investor preference will be the most important factor in determining which structure 
and whether the clones, the non-clones, the semi-clones, which one proves out to be the winner at the end of the, the process. So the, the approach American Century is taking is we're sort of trying different things. We're launching strategies that we that has not existed before. So brand new strategies, leveraging the same experienced team who has managed uh, to generate alpha in that part of the investable universe. So you're not taking current funds and putting them into these structures. You're, you're coming up with something entirely That's new. That's one approach uh, we're taking. On, on some others, we're launching a similar but not a clone mm-hmm. strategy, right, to make the strategy work Optimally, we believe there are modifications that we ought to make from the current strategy, whether they're offered as a mutual fund or SMA or a different type of strategy to make it most appropriate for ETFs. And obviously, there's the tax-related trading mm-hmm. that will differ um, the portfolio from another. So that's something we're taking into account. So American Century, the approach we're taking is since we don't know exactly which approach is going to be most embraced by investors at the end. And this is also a learning process for the industry because mm-hmm. it's brand new for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. We're trying to take slightly different approaches and try to learn you know, the pros and cons of each in the process. Uh, but at the end of the day, what's most important for us every single day when we have these live products in the marketplace is that the strategy is designed to give the best um, alpha generation capability that we believe can be harvested uh, by our investment teams. Yeah, it's interesting because we talked a lot about, you know, we talk a lot to investors, advisors, want to try to figure out, so what's in it for them, mm-hmm. right? So it's clear the case for the issuer. It just gives you a whole new menu of products you can bring to market and you can repackage. But it sounds to me, to put it very simply, this is like the same thing ETF, transparent ETFs were to just mutual funds. Mm-hmm. This is... Well, ETFs are going to be to your diehard active mutual fund investors, so you're just going to mm-hmm. give them a way to remain, you know, true to their convictions, but now in an ETF wrapper. Is that how we should understand this? I think we should, and I think that sort of the missing link in, in this is sort of distribution and retail platforms that give opportunity for investors to find these products. and. Um, and that, that's a big deal to what, you know, to the decision that fund managers need to make in terms of whether you clone, whether you convert, whether you find new money, um, because the pathway to getting on these platforms, there are hurdles to that. And there's hurdles in terms of AUM, there's hurdles in terms of track records, there's hurdles in terms of if it's too close a clone, um, then there's concerns that there's a choice on the platform for a lower cost structure. And um, so, there's all these pieces that I think Cleo's exactly right. You start with what the investor needs, um, but tracking it through to who are the, you've got the end retail broker dealer, you've got market makers also needing to make a market in this. So there's a lot of you know, good judicious concerns and solutions that need to be found um, for fund managers to come to market. Yeah. And I also think that the offering of semi-transparent active ETFs in this space uh, will provide choices not just for the diehard um, you know, investors who believe in active management. Mm-hmm. I think this will also offer a very nice opportunity for investors who have really been using a lot of ETFs in their portfolio, maybe in a passive sense, right, trying to lower costs, to find opportunities to add alpha opportunity to their portfolio, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they believe in ESG. And um, a lot of people think, the passive approach to ESG today probably leaves something to be desired, right? So we can offer a more active 
more fundamentally driven ESG strategy hmm. to investors who, you know, for right reasons, have built a portfolio of largely passive uh, strategies to fit their clients' needs. So this also offered them the opportunity to add components, you know, whether it's they believe in high growth, sort of uh, new emerging impact companies that are coming onto the scene that really may not be uh, a representative uh, component of the index yet. And they can offer, uh, they can go seek out a semi-transparent active ETF where there's experienced investment teams seeking out these investment opportunities to really complement what they already have. Mm-hmm. Well, Laura, should we tackle the ETF rule real quick? Yeah, I mean, how can we have a podcast without talking about the ETF rule, mm-hmm. right? right? So, um, given that semi-transparent active funds are not going to follow the same process that a passive index-based ETF would follow under the new ETF rule, um, what sort of consequences is that going to have uh, for the investor, the end investor experience, right? How, how is that going to maybe change the, the types of manage, active managers we see entering the space? How is it going to influence cost and, and the time for these funds to, to make it through the pipeline, right? Especially now that they're going to be going up against other ETFs that are, you know, boom, 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 going through the pipeline a lot faster now. It's a much more standardized, streamlined process. Um, I'm just curious about your thoughts, your perspectives on, on right. how that's going to influence the end, uh, the end experience. Well, talking to a lot of asset managers now, I think they're all being very judicious about the the strategy they want to put in this new wrapper. Um, so I, you know, I personally don't believe that you're going to see in the, over this next year hundreds of applications for um, new funds coming into it. I think people are going to take a look at their lineup. They're going to find opportunities um, that really lend themselves to this new wrapper to to bring into um, the industry. And I think that they need to understand sort of the education hurdle um, that they're all going to need to go through. You know, as you know, we've had, you know, over 20 years of people getting very used to how a transparent ETF works. Um, all of these um, applications have different ways in which they work, and it's going to be a longer time frame to get them launched. So this will be um, a, a real education for not only the asset managers, but all the way to the investor in terms of um, adoption and um, and use of these in their portfolio. You know, I think one interesting development that we could see, you know, with so many new structures, each come with their slightly different value proposition, we may see that investors at the end of the day care less about the technical difference between the structure, but go back to focus on what is the value proposition. Tell me what your ETF offers me that's different than the other ETFs I can get at a lower cost. I think that could be a very interesting um, and attractive development is the education is required, but the education may turn out to focus more on the value proposition than on the structure. Because at the end of the day, whether you're a transparent ETF or semi-transparent ETF, the way those trades are placed, so if you sort of put yourself in the shoe of an investor or advisor, the way they interact with these um, different structured ETF are the same. So to them, they can almost see past the difference that we, the issuers, 
focus so much of our time and effort mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. they care about the experience and they care about the value proposition right. and yeah. and teasing those out um, the experience and the value proposition are really important because people aren't going to buy the wrapper and an end investor is going to be like oh I'm you know maybe very few <laughs> I'm really excited about this I want to try this out very few they're going to look at the manager they're going to look at you know what this offers in their portfolio but the experience is gonna be really important as well. And each of these applications have very different ways in which they may perform in times of market volatility. And so that experience is gonna go right alongside. So they may not really understand, because very few end investors actually understand how an ETF works, much less this new semi-transparent, but it's gonna be very important that the experience be seamless even in times where you know the markets may be turning sideways. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of the wrapper, it's all about the investment goal, sure. right? Are you right. gonna get there with this or not? Yes, so. and if, are you gonna get out as easily as you got in? So in the beginning, you bought it on a day that was great and you know spreads were quite tight. Now you're looking to get out and you know things are a bit wonky and now my spread is really tightened up and then the basis points you know, that you're going to pay to get out may erode your performance. And so what we want to see is, um, you know, great solutions that in all times, you know, trade with efficiency. You sort of addressed this a little bit earlier, but it's maybe something that, um, you know, I want to step back to. When I talk to advisors and investors uh, who, you know, are, are confronting this idea of using semi-transparent uh, funds in their practice, probably the number one thing I hear from them is, how is this going to trade? I, I don't mm-hmm. know how, you know, a, a market could be made for this. I don't know, you know, there, do these do these companies have um, a capital markets desk that mm-hmm. I can rely on that mm-hmm. has the knowledge base mm-hmm. um, to, to make trading efficient and successful and so forth? So, um, you know, what... It, Maybe you could give a little perspective about um, how these you see these things trading in the, in the future, and, and, and so. Right. So I, I, one of the things you mentioned is really important here is that a lot of asset managers who have been traditionally mutual funds don't have the type of capital markets experience within their firms to be able to trade um, ETFs, much less these new semi-transparent. So. One of the first things um, that asset managers need to do is sort of understand what their re- new relationship is going to be with the market maker, with authorized participants, with sort of the the whole ecosystem of ETFs, um, and building up um, that um, sort of wise and um, you know solid foundation within these firms is going to be really important because that's going to lend itself to how well um, these trade. Um, and I do think. Um, in terms of how each of these um, applications address their, you know, creation and redemption process is going to, you know, impact their efficiency in the market. Um, and um, I know the Clio can talk a little bit about, you know, the Presidian and and the ADR and, and the cash aspect of that. Some of these have proxy portfolios that are going to be traded, and then the fund is going to have friction with what they're receiving versus what they can have, which is going to obviously cause um, some cost to the end investor. Um, and then you're also going to have those that are going to have more disability of keeping their um, actual portfolio and proxy portfolio in um, and accountable to each other. So 
Um, I, I think that over time we're going to see it. I mean, we can do some theoretical stress tests on these, but um, there's nothing like seeing some of these in the market. And, and I think that's why fund companies, um, I'm hoping that a number of them um, jump in and really understand the differences and choose one to, to start with, but there is um, going to be some experimentation, as you mentioned. For sure, and, and we hope the ex experimentation is one that's full of learning experience yes. for everybody, right? For the issuer, for the regulators, uh, yes. for the vendors who are now in this ecosystem that didn't exist before. At the end of the day, you know, everyone's working to ensure the end investor have the experience that we want them to have, right? That's so important. American Century, I think, has been privileged to have participated in the build out of the Presidian ecosystem from day one. Uh, we went, we were one of the early licensees and our capital markets team has been knee deep in working with Presidian and other partners in finding out exactly which firm could play these newly established roles that are part of the Presidian ecosystem. Right, the AP representatives. That's a brand new role that has mm. never existed in the mm. ETF industry before. The VIIV. Well, Which the, is like the INAV just updates uh, every, every second, second rather right. than so, every 15 seconds. So we need to find a service provider who will be able to see the actual portfolio. So not a proxy, but the actual portfolio and be responsible for calculating an unbiased market value of that portfolio on a second by second basis and, and provide that information as part of the input to everyone in the marketplace who want to participate in the trading activity of these Presidian uh, structured ETFs. And we have learned so much alongside our partners in developing the methodology, the process, and also thinking about ways to enhance it, right, Where, once there's broader adoption. But our goal is to get to day one operational, fully tested, um, so we can launch these markets into the place because all these discussions are nice, but you know, that when it really matters, when we can finally offer something, and that's something that excites us, and mm -hmm. you know, it's exciting that American Century can have had that role in the development of the whole ecosystem to really understand the ins and outs, the pros and cons, and selecting the service provider that we think are the best in the industry. And I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this too because you know the experience with NextShares, um, one of the great things about it was keeping spreads really tight, like traded really efficiently. And so um, you know the work that goes into each of these market participants as, as well as understanding you know how the proxy portfolio works in um, some of the other applications is going to be important. Um, there's some great ideas out there and um, so I'm, I'm excited to see you know, each um, asset manager investing, you know, in, in one of these. It'd be great. The future has quite a bit in store. I think we're going to have to leave it there, yeah. though. Um, thank you to our guests, Christine Delano and Cleo Chang, for the great conversation <laughs> and the great insights. Um, for more on this uh, topic or any ETF topic or to catch up on past episodes, please visit us at ETF.com. And for more information about how to get involved in women in ETFs, please visit WomenInETFs.com, that's all one word. Uh, you can write to us with your comments, questions, thoughts, reviews, whatever, at ETF Working Lunch, again, all one word, ETF Working Lunch at ETF.com. Um, on behalf of my co host, Cynthia Murphy, myself, and the rest of the ETF.com team, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.